Hey, it's Yola Kali. What's up? You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. What's up, guys? You guys are listening to 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Art. I'm Camila. And I'm Emilio. And I'm Nine. And we are What's Up? Yup. And we're live in the National Museum of Mexican Art. Also known as our parents' house. We're taking over. Yes. This is the museum takeover. Yes. Cool stuff, cool stuff. So if you're around in Pilsen and you want to stop by and, you know, see our faces, we're, you know, right when you enter, you'll see us right away. (laughs) I recommend. We're pretty cool people, if you ask me. True, true. So we have um, a couple interesting things to talk about today. Um, You know, we had two openings yesterday here at the museum, including the Best of YOLO. The Best of YOLO is a once a year show that YOLO Kali has here at the museum and we get a glimpse of what we've been doing all year at YOLO Kali. But yeah, it's, I think it's really important that as youth we get to display in spaces like museums. Definitely. Yeah, I know you have displayed in a couple of like museums and stuff, so can yeah. you tell us about the importance so for you? So basically, you know, YOLO Kali is so awesome because they're able to put our artwork in all types of different museums. Like last year when I went to San Francisco, the what we hold audio pieces were put up in the Jewish Museum in San Francisco. So that was really dope. I got to go with Stephanie and stuff, and that was so much fun. And also some of like the camera flux work and also my work is shown in... It was a museum in Mexico City, which is really cool. The fact that my work made it all the way over there. And I think like... I don't know if the president was there, but someone really important was there. So I'm like, they saw my work. So that's really cool. You know, like YOLO always like, you know, puts like their students' works in different exhibits and are able to like create exhibits done by the youth. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I know that like sometimes our parents are supportive of what we do, but not until they start like seeing you know actual progress so like what was your relationship with your parents like when they started seeing you like so level up my parents were always very supportive like they're very supportive people right and when i started doing radio they were just like oh you know it's just a hobby you know like she's getting paid like you know it's good right but then once they saw that like you know my like my audio pieces were being shown like in museums and they saw that i went to san francisco and all that they were like wow like this is really good and also with photography especially like when i first started photo they thought it was just going to be like a summer thing and that was it but then they saw that my work was put like in coffee shops they saw that my work was being put in museums they saw that my work was being put into like magazines magazines and stuff and that was really cool too because then they started like being more collaborative with my photography and they definitely like started like getting more involved so i feel like yolo kali it kind of creates like not only a big support system like for the students but they also like you know reach out to the parents and just like let let them know that like okay they're doing this and this is awesome right yeah. and it's like 
your parents once they see they love seeing their children succeed right parents love seeing their their um child succeeding and doing stuff so when they saw that my work was making it to like different museums they were like this is something that you should continue doing yeah definitely do you have any of your um pieces right now displaying at the best of yolo in the courtyard yes i do well my face is around there but like one of my pictures that i'm very very proud of is this like leaf picture that I have that I took of uh, my friend Joanna. She's really pretty, by the way. And like, it was, um, the whole picture was like such a funny thing because we went by the train tracks and I really, I saw leaves on the floor, right? I was like, I want those leaves to be thrown in the picture, right? And the moment was so beautiful because there was a leaf that just like went in the middle of her face and it looked so great. And that was like my favorite shot. I remember when I first edited the picture, um, it was really green. I see the first edit of that picture and I'm like, God, what was I thinking, you know? (laughs) And then with the help of like my instructor and stuff, it's what it is today. And it's so beautiful. And that same picture was shown at the museum in Mexico. Oh, wow. So that was really cool, too. That is amazing. Do you have any work, Emilio, in the Best of Yolo? No, I don't have any work because <laughs> I'm not in camera flux or art flux, you know. I've been in this program of radio. Yeah. But probably soon. I'll yeah. join them. But we're here to- together now. Yeah, here so that's yeah. part of the Best of Yolo. Basically, yeah. we're part of the best. Right, we're here live. Yeah, I have one of my pieces that I did last summer with public art with instructor Chema is displaying. I did like a collaboration with this like um, artist, Chris Dyer. We didn't really collaborate. I was just like inspired, but I called it a collaboration. And I didn't quite finish it all the way, mm-hmm. but it's there and it looks it looks okay. No. <laughs> I feel like Best of YOLO is like so fun. Sadly, I couldn't make it yesterday, but I bet it was like really fun because you just see like the best of YOLO Kali, right? You see like our best photographs, our best like, you know, artwork. And it's really cool what everybody comes up with. And the fact that like, I believe a lot of people, Melissa sold one of her like canvases oh, wow. for like a hundred and some dollars. That's so amazing. it's like, you know, you get all of these like awesome opportunities. I sold one of my photographs at the, I believe it was the ASM gala and like, like a photographer, like an actual photographer bought my picture. Wow. So that was like a really big moment for me. And then this other guy bought my picture as like an engagement present. I mean, I hope he, his wife liked it or whatever, <laughs> but like, yeah, it was like really cool. Yeah. The fact that, like, somebody bought my work, it's like, what? Yeah, that's great. And, yeah, and always at the openings of the Best of Yolo, we have a good time. We have food. Whoever didn't come yesterday missed out on tamales. Oh, Sorry, thank Camila. You. <laughs> you don't got to do me like that, dude. I was craving them tamales. They were small, but they were good. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, it is a big impact, though. It really is. Yeah. I feel like YOLO, like, it's created a big platform for all of us, and I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. And also, yesterday, as it was the opening for YOLO, it was also the opening for the show and tell Laura Aguilar show, mm-hmm. which was amazing. If you guys haven't been able to check it out, well, it just opened yesterday, but you should come by because it's amazing. Laura's and an amazing photographer. Yes, and actually, the curator, um, Sybil Venegas, was... She gave us a tour of the gallery herself, mm-hmm. and she explained to us some of the the artwork, the of w- with pictures, yeah. obviously, because she was a Laura Aguilar was a photographer. Yeah, and this is actually her largest collection that's spanning her work within three decades. 
So that's pretty amazing. And I think the amazing thing about Laura Aguilar that I've been learning in mm-hmm. these past weeks of like researching is that like her work is very strong and impactful and she never intended to like make it political. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, her personal life and the struggles that she was facing and going through, you know, in everyday life. But yeah, I, I think she's amazing. And she unfortunately passed last year in April, but her curator, she was actually really close to her. So talking to the curator yesterday was really amazing, actually, because we got to find out really personal things like within Laura's communication with her mm-hmm. parents and her evolution as an artist. And the curator was actually her professor. So yeah, that funny. was pretty amazing. Yeah. Did did you what stuck out to you about the Laura Aguilar show yesterday? Yeah, like the pictures, you know, where the picture where it was like three, uh, three cyclists, what yeah. was the name of it? It was the three eagles flying, that's yeah, what it's three called. three eagles flying where it was like a flag of America and then it was herself and then next to her it was the flag of Mexico and then between herself it was like down, it was the flag of uh, America and like in her face she had to wrap down the flag of Mexico which it, the meaning was like she didn't know what place she was because something that really impacted me was when the creator was saying like when we're here you know when we're mexican people don't see us as mexican because you know we don't like sometimes speak spanish yeah but people yeah. that are born here and don't speak spanish but are mexican and don't go in mexico they think they don't see us as mexican either yeah so that's kind of also yeah something that impacted me yeah that piece goes into that how um Laura felt at that time too as well that she didn't feel too American but she didn't feel too Mexican like yeah. she, she felt like she didn't belong in either side so she was in between and um, that piece was created in 1990 and that actually set the stage for her future work so it was like her most like most impacting piece of work. Um, I definitely agree with Emilio, like especially a lot of like Mexican-American like youth, right? They feel like they're like stuck between like, oh, like I don't really, I speak Spanish, right? Or some don't speak Spanish, but it's like I'm still lacking some of that like Mexican culture. And it's like some were born into a household with all they speak, all they speak to Spanish, right? And then other households, it was like it was only English because their parents were like English speaking, right? So it's kind of that um, sense of like sometimes you feel like you're too Mexican for America or you're too American for Mexico. And it's like you're left with like kind of a uh, identity crisis. Right. Yeah. And that's what her her work mostly revolves around, like her identity, because she mm-hmm. was like really confused. I don't I wouldn't say confused. I guess it just goes with like, you know, not having the usual identity structures of being one particular thing so that goes into her work like with her identities as like her race her gender her culture her sexuality and I just think it's amazing how you know she's from a different generation from than we are Uh and we can still relate relate. we can still relate to her yeah definitely after like so many years and like I just wonder if like future generations you know are gonna have the same struggles as we are and relate to us and I hope not because it sucks yeah and like we're young and I hope we can make some impactful changes that can change something up for future generations Nine said it right. Nine said it right. <laughs> yeah, but um, most of the pictures in the gallery, she started um, photographing some of her friends, her family, and her Chicana, Latina, LGBT communities for oh, the most part. And then she started emerging into self-portraits, which is there's part in the gallery where there's 12 pictures of her. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super amazing. I feel like portraits are the most impactful things in photography, speaking 
from because I love taking portraits. Portraits are definitely my favorite thing to like capture in a photo because it's like it's more personal. It's more like detailed, you know, like, yeah, like you can do like her like city lines and all that. Right. And that's super cool to look at. And it's a cool image, but it's like you won't really relate to it as much as you will if you like see it in a person, you know? And a lot of people don't really like hanging up portraits in their houses because they're like, that's kind of creepy. I don't know this person. I don't know what's up with them, right? They could be a criminal for, I, for all I know, you know? But it's kind of like the sense that you're thinking about it and you're trying to like create a personality of the person you're looking at. And it's like you're capturing a moment. You're capturing like a specific time frame, you, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like that Joanna picture that I took, right? She's going to have that for I don't know how long. And maybe when she, when she grows up and she has kids, she's going to be like, that was me. Right. Right? <laughs> so it's, like, super cool because, like, the picture, you can interpret it in all different types of ways. Same goes for, like, art, you know? When, like, you know, artists, like, paint themselves, it's, like, what they see themselves as. Right. So I think that's super cool. It's very perspective. Yeah, definitely. I never really thought about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, when I was younger, I, I actually used to like photography when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was around my little sister's age, I had my own digital camera. Uh. And I would like taking portraits of my family. But, like, as I grew older, I thought it was, like, not as interesting. And then I started painting myself and... You're right. Like, I started kind of seeing how I look at myself differently from other people. Um, but, yeah, por portraits are very important in, like, artistic platforms. Definitely. Um, also, some of the things that we saw in her gallery was um, her emerging into from film to digital. So, towards the end of her work, she started... Film like, is amazing. <laughs> film needs to take... Like, it needs to come back. Yeah. I feel like film is so great because it's like, you know, you're not going to know the outcome of the picture, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to, like, you know, what you're going to get from it, right? Yeah. But then when you see it, it captures a whole other moment, right? It's not necessarily the filter of the picture. Like, that's pretty cool, too, right? Yeah. But the fact that you don't know what you're going to get from it is <laughs> cool. Or yeah, that's even definitely. a word. Yeah, so I think like she had great techniques because her work is amazing. So mm -hmm. I think we should definitely listen to the interview with um, the curator, Sybil Venegas. So yes. yeah, let's go ahead and play that. My name is Sybil Venegas, and I'm an independent curator and art historian. And why are you in Chicago? I'm here as curator of the exhibit Show and Tell, the photography of Laura Aguilar, which is opening tonight at the National Museum of Mexican Art here in Chicago. Okay, so how did you get involved with curating work? Uh, I've been a curator for a number of years. Back in the 1970s, I was involved with a number of different community galleries in San Francisco with the Galeria de la Raza and in Los Angeles with Self-Help Graphics. And I worked uh, there as an assistant uh, administrator to the director. So uh, at that time, I began meeting a lot of artists and working for the organizations. I founded galleries at several organizations. And putting together shows just kind of became part of the work that we did. And over time, just evolves as you meet a lot of people. And, and it became part of the work as an art historian. It would complement the work that I did in the classroom and also the work, the scholarship that I wrote. So it all kind of worked together. How was your experience working with Laura Aguilar, like as a person and also curating um, her show? Well, I met Laura when she was my student in 1982 when I taught at East LA College. And so I've known Laura since she was a very young woman when she was, uh, she was already a photographer. She worked for the campus newspaper. 
and she had taken photographs in high school. When I met her, she, she took some of my art history classes, but I also introduced her to some of the artists in the local Chicano community. Those artists introduced her to other artists, and pretty soon she began to photograph the community. And so some of the early works in this show are the documentary photographs of uh, people that she became friends with, artists that she knew in the community, and they've actually turned out to be wonderful docu documents of the art community at that time. And then over the years, we, after she was no longer my student, we remained friends. And Laura would, you know, show me her work, and we just became friends. And you know, uh, over the years, I've watched her photography grow and mature as she did as an artist. So I know that her work tells us a lot about like who she was, but as a friend and also someone who was her professor mentor, mm -hmm. what can you tell me about what kind of person she was, like on a personal level? Laura was a very interesting person, and, and most people that did know Laura, they if they came to know her, they realized what a wonderfully smart, perceptive, creative, talented person she was. However, Laura had another side to the, to the uh, outer world, and if she, she was very shy, and she did not talk much. Once you got to know her, she did. She grew up with auditory dyslexia, which is a type of dyslexia that affects your hearing, which affects how you learn to speak as a child and because she couldn't speak in a normal way because of her uh, condition, people thought there was something wrong with her when really she wasn't intellectually handicapped, she just had a trouble speaking. But because the world is the way that it is, the teachers thought she was not intelligent, the students thought she was strange and odd. She lived a rather isolated uh, uh, you know, experience as a child, and so her world as a kid became really interior. Uh, and really imaginative and creative. And when she was introduced to photography as a high school student by her brother, uh, the photography just opened her up. When I met Laura, she was she was very quiet. She was very shy. But as as we became as she became got to know me, as she trusted me more, and we became very good friends, I realized what how what depth she had. She was funny. She was smart. She was perceptive. But that wasn't readily. Uh, recognized by just a person uh, that might see her in a room where she might just be kind of standing and kind of shy. Did her work, if you know any of this, did her work have an impact in her relationship with her parents or do you know anything about her relationship with her parents? I do know a lot about that. She, uh, she came from a family with many creative women. Her grandmother was a painter as was her aunt. Her mother wasn't, however, but her mother liked the arts. They all were women who loved nature. Her mother, her mother recognized the artistic spirit in Laura because her mother, you know, Laura's grandmother, was also an artist. And so while Laura was very close to her grandmother, she did have some um, issues with her mother where there was some conflict. Her father, I think, was supportive of her, maybe kind of distant, and while he never overtly said anything, I think he did support her uh, as an artist. I don't think they understood her work. Her mother passed away when Laura was 20, so her mother never really saw the, the, the recognition and fame. Her father died probably in the 1990s when Laura was just kind of entering out of her emerging state. So neither of her parents would really see the final you know, flowering of her as a, as a successful artist. 
But I, I think they supported her in the way that they could, the way our families do, where they might not understand you, and it might even seem that they don't support you at all, but they really do. So which one of her pieces stood out to you the most from all the time you've worked with her? I would probably have to say Three Eagles Flying. Three Eagles Flying is her signature piece. It was the piece that moved her from one level of an artist as a, as a young emerging artist into a, a, a renowned artist, uh, a mature artist. It was a, quite a deep uh, conceptual piece. I would say that that was, and I'll never forget when she brought it to my house, when she, Laura would always come to my house when she did new work and she'd say, I want to show you something new. And usually it would be in boxes or small prints of what would later become larger images. But this time she brought it over in a, it was already framed, a triptych, it was large. She goes, I want, and she was very humble. I just want to show you my latest, as if it was nothing. So she, it was wrapped in paper, and she opens the paper, and I look at it, and it was like, oh my God, Laura. My, my first reaction was, this is going to make you famous. And because I had never seen anything like that before, and I knew it was so powerful, and I knew not exactly, but what she was talking about conceptually on certain levels, and of course later we talked more about it. But that was the piece that was the most amazing in terms of watching her transform as an artist. And then some of the works that she did, some of the works that she did later, of course, were amazing. The works in nature were wonderful. The nature self-portraits, uh, those, were, those were amazing. I love the Joshua Tree series because oftentimes I would go out with her to Joshua Tree to help her as an assistant. And so one of the, one of the gifts I get from that was watching the artist work and watching how, how difficult it was to go out onto those rocks, take off all her clothes, and lie down on very sharp, uncomfortable surfaces and conceive something that I'm watching her and not really seeing what she's seeing, but later on, it's what we see up on the walls. So I would probably have to say the Joshua Tree series Grounded and uh, Three Eagles Flying. So how did her work impact you, and how does her work impact us today? Well, how her work impacted me, I think, a little bit differently than the public because I think the public sees her work and responds to it like, oh, wow, this is amazing work, and sees it for, for what it is. But I think I've, I guess, had the, the gift or the benefit of seeing the work from the inside out, of knowing this artist as a young woman, knowing the artist before most of the work was produced in the, gal in the gallery that we have here, and having the, uh, the opportunity to watch a, really a great artist emerge and unfold as with having a personal relationship as her as her mentor but also as her friend and so that was a beautiful gift that that I was given the other gift that I was given by Laura was actually she asked me to be uh, her trustee of her estate after she died towards the end of her life she was very ill she had uh, diabetes and eventually renal failure and so when she asked myself and another, her art uh, uh, assistant, Chris Velasco, to, to take care of her trust after she passed, that was another gift that I really wasn't expecting how that would unfold. So even though Laura died in uh, April of last year of 2018, the gift of participating in that, participating in the, basically the end of her life, helping her die, and working with her estate and now with her archive has been just an amazing experience that I've been given by Laura. Laura gave that to me. I didn't ask to do it, I accepted it, and it's, you know, it continues on. So here I am sitting here in part because of that.
the advice I, I guess I could give any young person, you know, I taught at a community college for many years, and one of the things I would always tell my students, because, you know, I have students interested in all kinds of things and struggling with all the issues that young, young people struggle with in terms of figuring out who they are and who they want to be and how they're going to get there. And the thing that I would always tell them, because it doesn't matter what you want to do, if it's coming from your heart, it's what you need to do. There's many things that affect how we succeed, and it has to do with you know, our f family support, has to do with financial, do I have to work, how am I going to get the money, uh, these kinds of things that, that we all deal with. But I think that the, the answer is to follow your heart. If you want to do this, whatever it is, and maybe your family is saying, no, you need to do something else. I think you really need to follow your heart because we can, I've known too many people that have, you know, gone on to become, you know, very successful professionals, become a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, and hate it. And they hate it because that wasn't what they wanted to become. It was what somebody else wanted them to become. And somebody else's dreams for you are not yours. Even though they might be good ones and you might make a good uh, financially successful career, if it's not in your heart, you're not going to be happy. So just follow your heart. That's really the advice I used to give. And, you know, that's what you have to do for, for you to be happy. Better to be happy than rich. And you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen. And we are What's Up? I'm Nine. I'm Emilio. And I'm Camila. And that was an interview with curator Sybil Venegas, curator of Show and Tell for Laura Aguilar. As we heard that interview, I want to confess that it was intense doing that interview because yeah. of some of the stuff that she mentioned. They were really personal with her connection with Laura Aguilar. And I got pretty, like, sad, emotional. happy. Yeah, emotional because she mentioned that, like, Laura Aguilar gifted to her the the fact that that Sybil was there with her on her like last days and how she mentioned mm -hmm. like they basically like helped her like transition what interested you the most about that interview nine honestly I think I wasn't expecting to um hear that the curator actually had a strong connection with the artist I think that that was amazing because she mentioned how she was her professor, but, you know, she met um, Laura when she was already starting photography, and she introduced her to other um, Chicano photographers, and she was basically connecting her, you know, with other people. And I think at this point in my life, I can relate to that because I have people mentoring me and connecting me to other people. And it's just amazing to see how, like, how mentors can become really impactful friends as well, you Definitely, know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and also one thing I do want to mention is the Joshua Tree series, which is the mainly the digital photography at the end of the gallery. Yeah. Um, how she also mentioned that you know some of the the things that she had to do to make the pictures possible were a little uncomfortable, like the rough surfaces of the rocks, and then in particular that area is like really really hot. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the rocks were also like really hot. And as an artist, I kind of saw that as like you know I know that Laura Aguilar suffered through a lot of depression, and as an artist and going through that pain like that physical pain to get to that picture I don't know kind of just shows like some of that pain that she lived with through her life you know that's kind of how I interpret it um and yeah and I, a fun fact too that her um, her grandmother used to collect rocks so a lot of the pictures in that series have like rocks and her body is near the rock like kind of hugging it yeah like kind of camouflaging into like the rock a little bit like with her body which was amazing yeah what did you guys think about the interview? I really liked the interview because 
you know, it was very personal and you could tell that, you know, that she really like felt very strongly about what she was talking about. And I really liked the last piece of advice she gave. I think, what was it again? It was... She basically said that it feels feel, if it feels right in your heart, yeah. whatever it is that you're doing, to just go with it because it's better to be happy than rich. Yeah, you yeah, know? it's better to be happy than rich. And for that, like, it really, like, hit a little nerve in the heart. I don't know why, but it was, like, a really nice piece of advice that she left with because it's really true. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Emilio? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was with Nine doing the interview because, you know, I was checking the levels and everything, and I, I kind of did feel also connected because... Like, you know, having a mentor yeah. guiding you. Like, I have one right here in front of me, Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, it's kind of strong. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to go on a quick break, and we'll be right back. And don't forget that we are What's, what's up? up at our parents' house, the museum. Yeah. Taking over. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. <laughs> that was so lame. <laughs> Um, anyways, but yeah, recapping real quick. So yesterday was the opening shows for the Best of YOLO and the show and tell for Laura Aguilar. And we just heard um, an interview with the curator, Sibyl Venegas. And so now we're going to talk a little bit, just very briefly, about another show taking place in another one of our galleries, which is across from us. I'm sorry, I don't know the building like specifically. But that would be the Rocio Caballero show. Which, did you guys check out the artwork? We, we saw it when we came on the tour with um, Jimena. Yes, we did. And it was like really, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed the way that like she painted like the woman figure, you know, and how she compared it to like, you know, how men can be a little like lethal and cruel. Like that's how she depicted men in her, in her artwork. I think it's amazing. It looks beautiful though. Very, very nice setup and everything. And shout out to the guards, too, for always doing a good job at, you know, <laughs> protecting the artwork. Definitely. <laughs> but yes. Um, so also, there's a show going on right now called Open Access, and we have two guests here with us, Sarita and Jimena. Let's say Hi. hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> and they are here to tell us all about behind the scenes at the museum. So they're part of the permanent collection crew. And yeah, do you guys want to tell us what is the permanent collection? Yeah, sure. So we have about 10,000 pieces in our collection. Um, and that is artwork that we've chosen to give a forever home to. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we don't have all of that on display at one time. And so the exhibit itself is targeted towards opening up the collection a little bit more. There are people that are very curious about what it is that we house, and we wanted to give people more access to it. So what are your roles in the crew? In the crew? Yeah, in the permanent collection crew. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. So I kind of like bop in and out, you know, because uh, my, so the way my position works here is I'm split between the curatorial visual arts department, uh, education, and permanent collection. But I mainly do condition reporting, which is basically like when we receive an artwork, we kind of like assess the condition of the piece. So anything from like a little tiny speck of dust or something that's called like an accretion um, to, to like a crease and like you have to measure like where from the edge to the left side or the right side that piece is Mm -hmm. so that when someone else gets a piece they have this guide to be like oh this is what's been noted that uh, of some things going on with the piece right Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of what I do. That's mm-hmm. cool. So before you accept an, a piece of artwork, do you go through the conditioning report or do you do the conditioning report like after it's been accepted to the permanent collection? Yeah, usually after. Um, and depending where it's coming from, there might be an existing condition report for mm-hmm. it already. So um, usually if it's coming from an institution, it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even some um, some private collectors do document mm-hmm. their their collection as well and uh, we we stand to learn a lot about uh, the history of an object and also uh, condition reports also exist for like authenticating works but more importantly than that we want to know where it's been and who whose life it's been a part of as well awesome and does a condition report have any notes on like the restorations or like any like repairing on there as well yeah so actually we don't have a conservator in house but our conservators do create their own reports and those supplement our records as well so that's uh, we actually in the show open access we have uh, works in various stages of uh, conservation and or degradation which is kind of cool because we wanted to show people what that process looks like and how careful we are when we do choose to uh, uh, put put the time into conserving a work so like uh, one of the one of the pieces we have we work with a woman from Mexico City who is very familiar with the materials that were native to Mexico and um, so we take we take a lot of time and consideration before we intervene yeah definitely I remember do you all remember Camila and um, Emilio how when we came to the tour for the behind the scenes like we learned so much and I was so curious too because I I would always like wonder how other museums go about it and I feel like I it's a nice little community here because it's smaller so it's like I feel like you guys are all more connected you know since you like come in and out like from certain areas Emilio was listening (laughs) I was like whoa Steph was so excited Emilio, like, he usually, like, drifts off into his own little world. But, like, he was, like, listening so attentively and was, like, asking questions. And I was like, what, you really liked it. Yeah, I really did because, like, seeing, like, art, how it's being, like, fixed and, like, how they clean, like, the paintings is pretty cool and interesting. Yeah, Yeah, they're really, like, cool people to hang around with (laughs) because it was so interesting and like i remember when he went i was like i know i'm saying like too much information (laughs) but like just stop me if it's too much but it was like it was so cool because she gave us such a like a good explanation of everything like how they clean the paintings how they ship them out the type of materials like i was like whoa like this is like real and I thought it was amazing too because we got to like visit a side of the museum that we've never seen before. And according to you all, like that's like only like special access type of thing. So you know, coming to our parents' house, we got to see the hidden rooms, which were <laughs> we amazing. We saw their bedroom drawers, basically <laughs> <laughs> treasures. <laughs> treasures. But yeah, one thing that I do remember, um, Jimena, was that you mentioned also that you guys pick wisely too, like if artwork needs a lot of um, work done because it can be like a really expensive process or to hire someone to um, restore it. Yeah, like like I said, we we when we when we consider an object for the collection, there's a committee involved, and um, it it's mostly because we want to make sure that we're providing a forever home for that piece of work. Also, there's a lot of different considerations, especially when it comes from when it comes to art from Mexico, because there, there are laws that exist around collecting practices as well. So yeah, we always wanna, we wanna do our research before, uh, mm-hmm. before saying yes. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I think it's really interesting that like you guys get to see some of the techniques that the artists use, right? Because you guys like go in with your magnifying glass mm-hmm. and just like do some really cool stuff. Like detectives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you could find a fingerprint. Like who touched this? <laughs> like you weren't supposed. You were supposed to wear the gloves. <laughs> But um, yeah, another thing that amazed me too was like the care and the storage. I remember, I think it was the room with the sculptures maybe? Okay, yeah. That you mentioned how there's like a slant on the floor. So the shelves are like... Um, They're from like uh, the, the opposite side. So it's like nothing's in the middle mm-hmm. because of like the balance and stuff. And the nine was like, this is so well organized. Yes. Like all energies considered from like light, temperature, to the way you place the item, like laying down or like standing up, right? So I just felt like after that tour, I could work here with the permanent collection. Oh, I thought oh, I was like yeah, so ready. Sure. Like something that really interested me was like the con- like the uh, conservation person. I don't yeah. know. Was it called preservation? Oh, preservation. Oh, yeah. There we were you just go. talking about. Yeah. Like, of how to keep, like, the paintings, like, mm-hmm. you know, intact and, like, in, like, really good condition. How to get, like, you know. And some rooms were, like, colder than others. Some were, like, hotter than others. So it was, like, really cool. Like, I was, because, like, it would, like, change temperature in each room that we would go to. And I was, like, mm-hmm. what? crazy yeah our goal is definitely to make sure that we you know we, we never want to actually restore something the, the goal is to prevent um, damage just from the beginning mm-hmm. so we, that's why we you know it might be a little extra but that's why we package things up in different things and really make mm-hmm. little homes for them so what helps you um like figure out what kind of energy to put it in or store it in like you know like wh- how do you know that it needs a certain light or a certain type of temperature or how do, you, how do you guys figure that out? Yeah, so the, the museum registration uh, methods have evolved over the centuries and even decades, you know? I think I think that as, as time has gone on, people have learned from their kind of mistakes and, and stuff like that. And honestly, we we treat everything in like like a, like our, our individual children, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a case-by-case basis. Yeah. I, w- I was trained uh, in museum studies at Beloit College, and we were able to work with collections firsthand, and so it, it comes with years of experience. And then also, we have our wonderful permanent collection curator, Rebecca Myers, and our associate curator, Dolores Mercado, and they are very knowledgeable. So anytime we have doubt, we just, we just uh, ask them their experience and, and kind of come together to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like sometimes there's conferences or symposiums that happen where people who do this type of work get together and talk about issues that they're facing right now. Like the other day we went to this this symposium around time-based media and so like digital files, like what to do with like mm-hmm. digital works or works that are um, up temporarily, like installation yeah. pieces, like how do you catalog that? Like how do you preserve that? Um, so think, yeah, it's, it's really helpful to get together with people who are working on similar things in different places at different sizes of institutions to be able to um, brainstorm and think through solutions. Yeah, I definitely saw some installations. That, there were some were like really, really big, like the, my size of mm-hmm. my height, and there was like smaller ones. So I, I think it'd be nice, like, I think it's amazing that it's really organized and like there's a lot of stuff up there oh, and yeah. like it all fits up there. And yeah, the, the rooms are yeah, there is really more. Yeah. We have off-site storage. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's my amazing. favorite part was like when we saw all like the paintings and how they were all like, like in these like cat. It was like 
Hmm. Oh, there's painting screens. You. Like in a mm. folder, in like a big folder, and you could just like go through them like that. I don't know how to describe yeah, the kind of like when you buy a poster at like Walmart type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like bigger, you yeah. know? And then like she showed us, um, he went and showed us uh, artwork that was like with feathers, done with like feathers and like it was like painted over. I was like, oh, yeah. those are feathers? <laughs> like it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed all of the all of the rooms, and so I definitely want to invite uh, the public and people listening to come come check us out. You know, we, we're, we'll be here till the end of July, I believe, uh, the open access, and we we want to share that with you guys. And uh, we do have a little bit of a sneak peek of the upstairs that the there's you- some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also sometimes there's uh, there's opportunities like if you set an appointment or talk with the curator Rebecca Myers or Dolores Mercado uh, in the permanent collection to bring classes or students or people who are interested in engaging with the collection, just reaching out and seeing if it's a possibility to come um, through the vault. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that goes, it ties into how nice the community here at the museum is. Because I remember also when we came here, we got to see Dolores working with the Stitches of the Soul yeah. crew. And that was amazing because, for, well, I wasn't expecting to see them. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you were expecting well, th- yeah, they're actually here every Saturday, oh, okay. and they do have an exhibit up in Aurora. Yeah. At the, I, I forgot what college it's at, yeah. but it's there. I remember they were working on those pieces that day we came, and it was nice. They were telling us their stories, and they invited us to come by whenever if we want to like work with them. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing, you know. Start like becoming more familiar with like who works here, and you know the cool side of this. You know, we're getting a little grown now, you guys. <laughs> and feel like a pro, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and another thing that stood out to me is like how some artwork gets fumigated, right? Yeah. Like if it needs to. Has there ever been like a weird story on that or anything? No, we we haven't had a an infestation. That's yeah. what they call it. Yeah, because you said you guys prevent all of that before it even comes mm-hmm. in here, right? Yeah, we we do the fumigation as a preventative measure because you know we would we would hate to introduce a pest into our environment. <laughs> and Sarita can share a little bit more about the bug traps. So we we yeah. do check those out. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. There's like this whole like <laughs> online thread of uh, like email chains of different people working in collections talking about just the pests in the vaults right and so I don't get them personally but Becky shares them a lot with me and um, it's just these images of like like what does this bug look like and then talking about like well like what how how does it like how has it um, invaded like a certain area or like what are these called you know and then it's really funny for Halloween like they sent pictures out of like people working in collections dressed as like mouses and like and like cockroaches and stuff as like a joke because it's like a permanent collections nightmare right to like have an infestation so yeah because there's a bunch of different bugs that um, um, like to snack on protein, proteinaceous uh, uh, materials. So, you know, think about things like egg whitewash on albumin prints or, you know, even just uh, cellulose in books. That is so interesting to think about because we're surrounded by a park, you know, mm-hmm. and there's <laughs> bugs somewhere out there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty cool that it's pretty protected. They don't come in here. Something that I related with, especially with when Jimena was like, like taking care of like when she was trying to scan the the photographs and like the artwork and how much we sh- with like care she had to do it. And I kind of related to that because like when you print like a photograph picture, right, like in Yolo, you have to 
touch it like by the corners. You can't <laughs> bend it because then it's gonna like create like you know, like then it's gonna what's the crease, word? Like, crease and stuff. And it's like so I related to that. I was like. I felt that. Yeah, and you flip like some of the pages with like a little spatula or like a little <laughs> paper with like a card. I yeah, that's cool. yeah, just to prevent damage on any of the corners. Um, they have, and they make tools specifically for that. You know, we use anything from a micro spatula. I, I like to fold a piece of paper. It's a little bit easier for me to handle. It's not as uh, sharp as well. Do you guys remember the little vents in the shelves? In some of the shelves? <laughs> yeah. How they have the little circles? Mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. Yeah, to keep everything. So we do have micro environments, but then we like to make sure that they're well ventilated. And as you guys noticed, uh, everything is climate controlled depending on the what the artifact or object artwork is. And uh, yeah, that's how we keep control of that. That's awesome. Um, I had a question, but I forgot it. <laughs> Hold on. Well, uh, what has been like your favorite artwork so far that you have like investigated or? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that is really hard. Um, honestly, I guess I, if, if I can cheat, I will say I think the working with this collection specifically, um, it's, um, it's a real honor and treat because um, there's, there's nowhere else I've seen such a uh, accumulation of work by Latinos and, mm. and uh, people that have influenced Mexi- Mexican culture and tradition. And um, it's such a treat to just like be able to flip a work over and see preliminary sketches or notes or really uh, kind of a different side of things, mm-hmm. which uh, for me even ties it into the show and tell, mm-hmm. uh, because um, uh, Sybil was sharing with us that uh, Laura really understood the importance of the the archive at an early age, and that, you know, uh, for I guess for me, I'd, I'd, I'd say for young people, it's um, t- making sure that you can uh, write your own history, or the, otherwise maybe people will write it for you. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. I think that's um that like art is all around us and like like through radio we're documenting as well through our own voices our own stories so that that's really amazing to think about and I I think I kind of overheard a little bit of your conversation with her I remember her saying that you know there's like some artists that you know have a lot of great work but they don't have like you know documentation or stuff from like their early work or their early ages and stuff like that so yeah and like it puts me kind of on reality check because I'm like one of like the type of person that like I don't want to be all like into like modern society and taking pictures of everything with my phone so I try not to just you know capture the moment but then I look back at it and I'm like wow my memory kind of sucks so I you know taking pictures isn't always too bad I I think what I retain myself from now I do take the pictures I just don't like go on social media and just post everything out there anymore. I don't even yeah. have social media. Um, but, yeah, that's something amazing to think about, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we, we are inviting people um, to submit photographic work, new work, uh, inspired by the launch of our online collection. Mm-hmm. The, the the goal is to eventually have um, most, most of, if not all, of our collection uh, accessible online. Right now we have this smaller selection about 50 photographs and it's from our photo collection so if there are any photographers listening please go ahead and submit your work is there an age requirement no we've been talking about a photo shoot for a while we have been talking about a photo shoot lately (laughs) we need to make it happen but the universe is not ready yet so we don't have to wait about that one (laughs) hopefully this week though yeah okay well I hope to one day be part of the permanent collection. 
at least for a little bit so I can learn. It was so much fun, like just going like behind the scenes of the museum. Like it was so cool. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know, maybe Sarita can share a little bit about her experience uh, installing. I know we walked through. <gasps> You're right, you did mention that. That's oh, also yeah. a part of behind uh -huh. the scenes. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Spill um, the tea. Okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, it's really exciting. I actually really enjoy the installation process. Mm -hmm. So it's usually like depending on the show, two, two to even a month of, of time where the gallery is closed and we're like preparing. Um, and a lot of the skills that I've I've been doing in collection is also translatable to the installation crew um, because what happens when the show comes in is we get pieces, right? And so they're on loan a lot of the time. And so we have to do a process of condition reporting too. Um, so even though those pieces don't belong to our collection, because we're receiving them and holding onto them and they're on loan to us, we also have to do a condition report too. Um, and then, um, and then be very mindful of like unpacking, you know, making sure it's all retained, documenting everything with a camera, like taking images of the, the front and the verso, the side, the boxes, um, and how it's packed so that when the show ends, we know where everything goes. And because we're a museum and we really care and, and really um, make attention, we end up returning objects in even better condition than they were packed before and with clear labeling and all that. Um, because it really helps, you know, when you receive everything, everything from like putting a little tab on a piece of tape so it's easier to open the box to making sure you're using the correct type of glassy, glazing, um, tissue paper, cardboard, um, um, to really ensure the care of the object. Um, and then, you know, when it goes up, there's like all these conversations that you're having with the curator, the, the arts preparator, the registrar, to ensure that the piece is up safely and, and secured, right? So something that you might have noticed um, walking through the galleries is there's like little security, um, security uh, screws. Hardware. Yeah, hardware, sorry. <laughs> um, and that's to ensure that, you know, it's, it's safe, it's it's in its yeah. place, and it's not going to move, yeah. right? No one's going to run away mm -hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's always thinking through, even throughout the time of the show, you have to think about the HVAC, so the heat, ventilation, air conditioning, like, is it too cold in here? Is it humid? Like, what? why does it feel so muggy in here? So always keeping that in mind and reacting to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hands it's fun. down, you guys have, like, the coolest job <laughs> ever. Oh. Like, I remember just, like, going back home, and I was like, Dang, like I bet they never get bored. Maybe you guys do get bored, <laughs> no. but like, no, right? Because like, Jimena was like saying like, oh, I love what I do. Like, I just love like, you know, like looking at paintings and analyzing them. And I was like, that is so cool. Like you, I do it like every day is like a new thing for you guys. Mm -hmm. Like you guys find out something new every day. You guys learn something new every day. And I feel like that's like the best thing ever. Like, just, like, being able to, like, just love coming into work every single day and looking forward to what you're going to do. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, every, whatever is on the bench is always really surprising. And I, mm -hmm. I like to be surprised with, um, you know, what's on the bench today? What are we going to work with? What are we going to scan? What are we going to find? Mm -hmm. I have a question about the installation process. So that's, like, you, you, you're basically installing the artwork in the gallery, right? Mm -hmm. So how is it stressful to, like, have everything even and like all nice and structured because I try hanging up stuff in my room mm -hmm. and I just give up. I'm like, you know what? It looks so, crooked. Mm -hmm. It's art. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I totally feel that anxiety for sure. I mean, I think my comfortability has definitely improved since my first time ever installing. And it's different at every place you go to, right? There's different like uh, work cultures around how to install. Like some install crews blast really loud rock. Some people blast like classical right here. Um, Gustavo Herrera, the arts preparator, loves to play classical music. Um, and it really sets the tone of like a chill environment where we're all relaxed calm moving slowly even though we're on a fast timeline we still have to move very slowly to make sure that you know uh, we don't accidentally um, hurt the object um, or hurt each other because those there's a lot of consent that happens when you're art handling because you have to be like is it is it too heavy on your side no I'm good over here okay I'm gonna turn to the left okay I got you so yeah, it's like a lot of teamwork yeah if you've ever moved a couch with somebody you have to know it's like it's mm -hmm. like eye contact it's all sort of it's all sort of um you get to know the person you're moving that stuff with. Yeah, for sure. It is stressful, but it's fun and um, it, it's chill. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I, I recall also um, seeing Luis Martin prepping the wall, you know, painting it. So that's also behind the scenes. But we'll go into that after our quick break. Um, but thank you so much, Jimena and um, Sarita, for ha being here with us and giving us that amazing tour that, you know, we're very knowledgeable on. And also, I just want to shout out my little sister, Mere. She's 11 years old, and she also is really excited to be a part of the tour mm -hmm. so thank you so much and we'll be right back yes. and uh, don't forget that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio broadcasting live from National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen What's up? You guys are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from from the National Museum of Mexican Art. I'm Camila. And I'm Emilio. And I am Nine. And we are What's Up. And we are. The title of the show is the Museum Takeover, also known as our parents' house takeover. I love saying that. We're mm -hmm. home alone. We're home alone. We're actually not. No. <laughs> we have a. A full house, kind of, not really. Well, there's people in the house. Ah, party. A party. The party sure. was yesterday, Camila. Uh. <laughs> you don't got to do me like that, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, we're, we're here at the museum taking over. Um, you know, we our first hour was about the shows, mm -hmm. the galleries that are going on, which is, you know, the Rocio Caballero, Laura yeah. Aguilar, the, the Best of Yolo, access. and then Permanent Collection, Nuestra Historias, yes. Open Access, which open was, access. you know, great information on the museum i know so much now yeah <laughs> and we have other guests from the museum as well and right now with us is dolores mercado hi dolores uh, hi guys how are you doing 
We're, we're good. good. We're awesome. Yeah, we're doing good. So, Dolores, we want to know all about you. So, what is it that you do here at the museum? I am the associate curator. I have been working here for quite some time. First in the education department, now in the permanent collections, and also uh, sometimes for the visual arts department. Mm -hmm. And in the education department, were you? What was like your position, and how did you transition to um, other positions in the museum? Well, I started uh, teaching art classes there, and uh, later on, I was associate uh, director of education. Then after 10 years, um, I was moved to the permanent collection uh, department, which is, uh, I have enjoyed every single uh, thing that I have uh, done here. And you also do like a quilting class, right? I'm uh, coordinating yes. a quilting class. Uh, it's a... Uh, they have been meeting at the museum for the past uh, eight years now. It's a group of uh, women that uh, meet every Saturday here at the museum, but they have been uh, growing little by little. They are now very independent. Uh, so yes, I've been uh, coordinating the class for, for those eight years. Uh, just a few months ago, they opened an exhibit at uh, the Shingeta Art Center at uh, the Aurora University. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I remember when we came to visit for the tour for the open access, we got to see some of you working on the on yeah. the projects that were going to be for that display, right? Mm -hmm. Aurora. And I thought it was amazing stories because it was mm -hmm. basically stories about their childhood, um, for mm -hmm. the most part, or what they remember from early ages. And uh, I think it's important to, like, I never really thought about how you can tell a story also through quilting. And I mean, it's like yeah. such a... And they were so pretty, too, like... Um, Emilio was like actually like asking questions as well and he was like just mesmerized like we were all mesmerized by the different like quotes and it was really cool how they were like explaining each one how every design was very unique and very like I don't know I just really enjoyed listening to their stories about you know their childhood and how they were like I think one of them was about a tour that they were like on a tour bus or something and it was like they were going around like I think Mexico and stuff that was really cool oh yeah I remember one was about a Disney yeah. trip mm -hmm. and it was cool because they draw like the castle and like it was so cool I like the one about like the gypsy story that really yeah. stood out to me because I always had like a I think for like gypsies, not like that, but like, I just think they're really cool because they're pretty free. I mean, for what I know, I don't know too much. I think that's much. the one I was referring to oh, with okay. the bus, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know that you have some history in radio. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, when the museum had uh, Radio Arte, uh, which was uh, 90, 90.5, uh, I was, uh, every single Friday from noon to 1 p.m. going um, to work uh, with a group of uh, producers and doing the Camino Tierra Dentro show. This was mm -hmm. from 99 to 2003. And then from 2003 to 2005, we had uh, Alquimia. And uh, I had the uh, great opportunity to interview so many artists, writers, uh, curators, uh, 
people that are changing the world. Mm -hmm. So it was in Spanish, it, that program was in Spanish, and it was a connection to the museum and uh, Radio Arte. And it was just amazing just to see all of these uh, young people uh, so involved, like you guys are doing now, so involved into, uh, into that field. Wow. So, with um, the you said something right now that stood out to me, but it left my mind. Um, <laughs> I had a great opportunity to also work at that moment with the really awesome people that uh, were part of uh, Radio Arte, from uh, Monica Posada to uh, Jesus Echevarria, uh, Dione Rangel, uh, so many, so many uh, people that uh, at that moment, oh, here, Stephanie, Charlie, mm -hmm. at that moment they were um, uh, involved into Radio Arte. Some of them were students, uh, others like Monica and, uh, and uh, Jesus Echevarria, they were uh, professors, the instructors. Uh, but that uh, they have continued uh, doing ra uh, radio uh, or television in, uh, in other um, companies. Mm -hmm. Do you ever go back and listen to any of um, the old shows that you were a part of? Mm -mm. No, I don't like to listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's your like favorite thing to do in the museum? Like what's like, you know, like, um, like your favorite project that you've done or like your favorite like task to do around the museum? Oh my God. Um, I think, uh, well, we just opened the Rocio Caballero show, Abby's. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked on that uh, project like for two years, something like that, and also um, open access. Every single time that uh, I start a project, it's just so amazing, so interesting to know the artists, to, to do research about their work, um, or even every single day that I go into the vaults uh, and I am in front of a piece and that that piece is telling me so much and I have the opportunity to, to see the piece just, uh, just there and to do research about the piece and the moment that the artist created it. It's just, uh, it's just uh, so incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I really have a, an amazing job. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. Um, to, yes, to be uh, learning so much every single day. Uh, and to be in contact with so many artists, or I don't know, I was just uh, two days ago uh, on the, uh, talking to Angelica Aragon, which uh, came for the uh, Sor Juana Festival. Um, it's just, uh, it's just uh, great and amazing to be part and to see all of these people that are working really hard and uh, to leave something on this world. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the Rocio Caballero um, show? Uh -huh. Well, Rocio Caballero has been working 
for the past uh, 25 years, something like that. I remember, actually, I met, uh, we are from the same generation. I met her when uh, we were at school at La Esmeralda. Mm -hmm. And uh, after all of these years, I had the opportunity to work with her, uh, curating her show. Rocio Caballero has, uh, she's a, um, She's actually, it's interesting because she started uh, uh, as a, an abstract artist and uh, later on she just decided to, to do figuratism. Uh, fig and um, she has uh, been working on series, the first uh, series that she created uh, talked about a woman but little by little, she has been changing the theme, and uh, now the the theme it's more about uh, men and the power that they have, and uh, she is representing this power in a very symbolic way. It's a, it's just so interesting. Uh, I will ask uh, and invite the public to come and see Abby's uh, Rocio Caballero so they can see the, her amazing work. And then you previously did research on her, didn't you? Like you knew um, about her before we even did. What was it that you told me? Uh, about Rocio Caballero? Uh, well, we, we visited that gallery when we came to the open access tour. But I didn't really, I actually don't know that much about, about the Lotus. Oh yeah, about the Lotus. I, I know that you curated a lot of work and well, you, I know we, that you have um, history with radio. And can you, like, you studied in Mexico as well? Is that correct? I studied in Mexico. I went to La Esmeralda. Well, first I was in uh, La Universidad de Guadalajara, the School of Visual Arts there for uh, just a year, then I decided to move to Mexico City, to La Esmeralda, so I was there, and then I moved to, after finishing, I went to San Carlos to, um, uh, to work uh, with a wonderful artist. Uh, she passed away like two years ago. Uh, she was a sculptress and uh, an amazing, an amazing artist. So that class was uh, the sculpture integrated to the architecture. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I've been like moving from one place mm -hmm. to, to the, the next, and it has been a wonderful experience. Yeah, I think it, um, it's wonderful that you have that experience from you know Mexico and coming here and working at this museum in particular because like we were mentioning how we can relate to like um, Laura Aguilar that she felt not too American and not too Mexican and it's also really good to get information from people who have been in an area for a, a long time so I'm assuming that you grew up in Mexico as well is that correct or Yes, but it has been a, uh, the family moved a lot from California to Mexico and on and on. I've been here already in Chicago like for 22 years. Yes, but uh, there has been a lot of uh, 
a lot of uh, traveling from one place to to the to the next. Mm-hmm. And working along the side of um, many artists as a curator, do you? Um, paint or create your own artwork in your own free time or any of that sort uh, aside from stitching with um, stitches over the soul uh-huh. right well I'm uh, coordinating that class uh, yes I try I try in my little free time that I have I do try to draw or to uh, do printmaking I've been uh, doing some projects with uh, the Arceo press uh, he has been doing really good projects uh, with uh, artists from uh, several country, countries, from Canada to Spain, Nicaragua, Argentina, Mexico. So these are uh, portfolios that uh, he decides on a theme, and from there he invites people from different countries to create a print. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's really cool. Well, I'm really happy that we're talking to you because I, I love getting to know more people. And as we keep like frequenting the museum, we get to know about some of the work that you all do. It's important, you know. You guys make this space happen, and that's mm-hmm. amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dolores, for being here with us. And we're gonna. Pleasure. Thank you. We're gonna take a small break. listening to 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Art. I'm Camila. And I'm Nine. And Emilio's not here right now, but that's okay. Yes, he just went to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> I didn't want to say that on air, but yes, he did. Yes, well, he did. people must know why he's missing. It's, it's an important issue. But yes. um, right now, we have another guest with us, Jasmine Sandoval. Mm-hmm. And you, she's the manager of the gift shop here in the museum. Can I just say, I love your mazapan pin. Oh, thank you. We sometimes have them available in the gift shop. <laughs> so cool. So, so I, it, part of it is I kind of get first dibs on it. Uh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so tell us the tea about working in the gift shop. Yeah, what is sure. the name of the gift shop? So the gift shop name is called Sin Sun San. Um, which translates to Place of the Hummingbird. Um, it's actually a place in Mexico. Um, people always ask me how, why we decided to call the gift shop that, but it was decided a really long time ago mm-hmm. from someone else that worked here, so that's all I know. <laughs> cool, good enough. And what kind of items or um, could we find in the gift shop? So 
the gift shop has a variety of items from t-shirts, books, posters, postcards, traditional toys, jewelry, prints. Um, we have a little bit of everything, yeah. The gift shop is so cool. Like they have concha stickers, if I'm right. They have concha like keychains. They have really cool shirts and it's like, Man. Yeah, I could see from right here from where we're She's at. A it's a masabun. Cap socket, dude. You know Do you like love masabunnies? Yeah. <laughs> um part of the the exciting part of it is that I get well I make it part of to go to a lot of these like um markets. So it's like a lot of pop up shops where these people Ooh. get to showcase their work. And this is where I get to see a lot of these things. These are a lot of these stickers, um, note cards, pins. And when I find something that I think it's relatable, obviously within the community, I always invite them to back to the gift shop and they can sell their items with us. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's mm -hmm. good to know. And yeah. we also have some Yolo Kali merch yeah. in the gift People shop. People love the button, the button machines. They're also asking for change. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the gift shop is also made up of like other artists as well? Is that... Yeah, so the gift shop, I would say like 90% of what we have here is merchandise that we get specifically from a buying trip. So this buying trip ha happens once a month. I'm, I'm sorry, once a month. Once a year. Um, and I, I'm privileged enough to go to different regions and Mexico to buy very specific merchandise in our inventory for our gift shop. So we've gone to places like Oaxaca, Tasco, Metepec, Mexico City, Puebla. So like you're in charge of like what's put into the gift shop as well? Yeah, so I do all the buying for the gift shop. Oh, mm -hmm. that's cool. That so, must be fun. So yeah, I get a lot of input, um, you know, what people need to want to have, but a lot, a lot of it really is just what the visitors want. Um, there's been such a huge change in our social media. Mm -hmm. I feel like what influences on what we want to buy. So I can honestly tell you that a lot of new merchandise I've introduced is from people I met through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Things that I've seen that are like in high rise, like the conchas, yeah. these pins, stickers. It's something that just people really like. So I reached out to people, and not not they're not always from the community. A lot of people are so artists from like California, um, things like that. So yeah, that's so you ever fun. like actually work the gift shop, like res register? And oh all yeah, that of course. I'm still yeah. I love mm -hmm. doing the register. <laughs> I was part time here when really? I first yeah, and that's where I was at part time at the gift shop. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So how long, did you mention how long you've been working at the gift shop? So I start part-time. I started here in August 2012. Oh. And I was just part-time. I was still in school, finishing up school. Um, and then I got promoted to retail manager. Um, trying to think. Oh, 2014. And then, yeah, it's been... Did you snag like a really like did you snag a lot of like cool stuff and people would ask you like where did you get it from? Yeah, well sometimes I get to wear like the t shirts and the pins like that and yeah, people would always ask like where'd you get this from? Or and you know, I always tell people, Well, I sell them at the museum but you know, fortunately a lot of these really popular items we order like a good abundance of it, but we sell out really fast. So I have mm -hmm. to constantly keep reordering things like stickers, pins. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then another fun part is that sometimes artists or the people, vendors approach me 
and they'll come specifically to the gift shop or reach out and send me pictures or send me samples of the really awesome things. So that's always a really good quirk of the job. <laughs> em Emilio is back now. I'm back. Hi. <laughs> yes. Um, so has there been like a certain like season or like a certain year that the gift shop had like a particular like boost theme or something that like you were like yeah that year was like a great year for like merch year or something yeah so unfortunately it's every year that we've gone through like our sales our sales have actually gone up um so it's not i don't think it's a very specific season per se um i just think we've done we've done really good a good job moderating it like month to month basis she said we every year is our best yeah, year no honestly I'm I, knock on wood hopefully this year is even much better but you know there's just been a rise more on this like Latina Latino merchandise me and mm -hmm. handmade items and people are seeking them out which is very fortunate and I mean, we live in Pilsen, right? Everyone, we live, eat, and breathe art here. People are we're surrounded by artists who create these amazing things, and to have them here in the gift shop, which you know, the museum is a first visit for a lot of these visitors, so they get to see that as well for the first time. What's the most popular like item in the gift shop that everybody like loves and comes back for? Stickers. 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 T-shirts. Um, prints but right now I'm going to stick to stickers and pins. I have a lot of people that would come back and say oh not so long ago you had a Juan Gabriel pin do you still have it or Vicente Fernandez or the Mazapan and the Concha and then the Sirena you know so people are seeking these out and I, I mean you know I get it because I collect them too but I'm running out of space where to put them but ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがと
Black Friday event. Oh. If you are a member of the museum and have a membership or pay for it or during that time, mm -hmm. you get 30% off absolutely everything. So we get a lot of people that come back one, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday buying things or putting things on the side and things like that that's for the cool. weekend. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing about the gift shop, Jasmine. Thank you for being with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yep. And we're going to go on a small break. And we are back. And remember, guys, that you're listening to WLP, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Arts in Pilsen. My name is Emilio. My name is Camila. I'm nine, and we're What's Up? And we're back from our small break. So we just had an interview with Dolores, um, one of the curators and coordinators from the museum, and also the manager of the gift shop, Jasmine Sandoval. So that was pretty interesting. We got to learn some cool stuff yay, about the gift yay. shop. And now here with us, we have one of our amazing guards, Max. Yay! <laughs> so Max, tell us about yourself. What do you do? or? What are you interested in? Well, I'm interested in playing sports like basketball, volleyball, soccer, <laughs> and being in the museum. Cool. Are you currently um, attending school? Yes, I attend to Malcolm X. Oh, nice. Mm. What are you studying? Uh, computer science. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So how long have you been working here at the museum? I've been working here like half a year. Oh, half yes. a year. Re recently. And what's your experience like? It's amazing. Like, you get to see a lot of things like on an everyday basis. Like you see something new every day, so it's like, like it's what? pretty amazing. So reactions of visitors, like artists, like you you learn a lot. Like when you have time, you read the descriptions no. and you, you learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when they ask you questions, like you actually know, you you don't have to say I don't know. What's True. like a really big rule that you like? You know, you force. I, that you put your hand down on it. It's no backpacks and no touching the glass because the glass is fragile. So, mm -hmm. and like it damages the glass and you cannot see the art very clearly. Do people ever give you a hard time? Sometimes it depends. Yeah. Like they know the rules, but right. they don't really want to follow them. I feel you. I have a similar job outside of I'm like security, so that's why I'm asking you because I want to be a guard here too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty cool. So, do you like practice any art? on your own no but i'm getting into it little by little that's good yeah by working here i would assume because it's interesting to like like if you don't do something and then you're in the environment of something new mm -hmm. like does it like stick on to you or do you reject it what kind of person are you do you like um, take it in uh, yeah i take it in like especially like different arts in the museum so it's like you see different things so you learn different things so. And right now, what is your favorite like gallery or event that's been going on lately? F favorite gallery is the Yolokali ones. Like they provide hey. for teenagers, like, nice. and it gets a chance to, for them to come in the museum and see the art. That's awesome! What a pleasure. Do any of the Yolokali kids give you a hard time when they're here? Not really, because they know the rules, so you don't have to really watch out for them. Nice. They all know right, already. all right. That's I good to know. Cool. We'll put someone on check. You tell us who. Who's awesome. messing around? Um, are you ever um, here when like any of the installations are happening, like when they're setting up the galleries? Uh, sometimes, like if they need help, they'll call one of us, so we get we get the chance to see how they install it. Mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. And how would you describe like your working environment, like the the other your other coworkers, and just like the environment of working here in general? 
when I first started here, like they were very friendly. Like if I had a questions, they will actually help me. Or when I would shadow them, like mm-hmm. they gave me a lot of tips. Mm-hmm. Even when I started working alone, like being on my own in the galleries, they will always help me. And, and check up on you. Check up on it too. That's always cool. good. It's always good to have a good working environment because it makes you like appreciate your job and just not feel like, oh, I gotta go to work. You and know. And you feel welcome. Too. What made you want to start working as a security guard at the museum? Well, the opportunity got to me because one of the receptionists told me they had an opening, so I was trying to get into something new and learn something new. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cool. Nice. Well, thank you, Max, for being thank here with us. Anything guys. else you would like to tell us about the museum or anything in general? you have any funny experiences with people? True. Funny experiences, like, hmm, when they ask for photos, it's like, <laughs> or when they... They're taking photo, like a photo shoot, but they get too shy around us. Aww. Or they see us and they stop. So. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody like, um, like done something that was funny? Like in the exhibit that you were like, I don't know, something that caught you off guard, I guess. It was when they were having a Photoshop and they were like laying down on the floor and I was walking in. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) They could do that now. They could do that now. Mm. Jerry has a question. Yes, our producer Jerry has a question. Hello, my name is Jerry. You mentioned that um, the exhibition that you like the most right now is Yolo. And we are from Yolo. So the big question for Yolo is like, like, not life or death, but like very important. Those pineapple guan pizza for you? Ooh. It depends. Like if I'm, if I want to, it's like of course, but so it's not all the time. It should go on pizza. Once in a while. Once, Once in a while. while. Okay. <laughs> there should be a time of year that. And when is a good time of the year to have pineapple on your pizza? It's probably in the summer. Summer. Yes. Oh, it's fresher. Fresh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Nice. I don't agree, but you know. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> has a taste. You know, yes. I don't even. Uh, this is gonna sound so bad. I know whoever's listening, but I don't even like pineapple on my al pastor, oh. and that's a thing, right? Yeah, yeah that is it a is a thing. thing. Yeah, Do you like, like it? No, I don't like no that. right? It's too sweet. I mean, it's yeah. okay. My tastes are a little controversial. Like, I'm not picky at all, but I can't eat chorizo. Oh. I can't. Is it too greasy? I just hate it. Oh. I hate chorizo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright. All right. Well, okay. So Max, we'll let you go do your job. Mm-hmm. And thank, thank you. you so much for being here with us and sharing your experience. Thank, thank you for your service, Max. Yes, thank, thank you. you. I'm sorry, my <laughs> famous career. <laughs> <laughs> thank nice. you.
what's up guys you guys are listening to 105.5 fm lumpin radio broadcasting live from the national museum of mexican art i'm camila i'm emilio and i'm nine and we are taking over the museum with what's up yes and we have just previously interviewed a lot of cool people. We interviewed Dolores, Jasmine, and Max the Security, <laughs> which was super cool. So please introduce you. To uh, my name is Christina. I'm Maria Herrera. And what do you guys do in the museum? We um, take a quilt class upstairs mm-hmm. um, that is led by Dolores Mercado. And um, it's sewing. In the arts. Arts. Yeah. Since about 2008, we've been participating. And what got you guys into that? Like, what reeled you in about that? Um, I started taking art classes here uh, Mm -hmm. with Dolores Mercado and just various different techniques that she taught us. um, Painting, um, sewing, uh, Katrina making. That happened after, for me, Chrissy actually introduced me to those mm-hmm. classes because she was already, uh, like she said, joining in with Dolores. So then she asked me if I wanted to join in when the uh, group was starting later on in the years, right? And how often do you guys meet every Saturday, right? Yes, we meet every Saturday. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It is. Um, prior to the class, did you guys practice any art of your own? I mainly just did a little bit of art at school, and mm-hmm. that's about it. Anything that was uh, that I thought was creative was at home or just, like I said, a little bit of uh, at the school. But mainly here, I've learned a lot more. Mm-hmm. I've taken a few classes here. And myself, I did um, study um, illustration, fashion illustration. Mm-hmm. So it was just you know, a little bit of um, sketching. But here we learned different techniques, um, just how to you know, make art. Would you guys say that you guys have a very close bond with one another, like the other like women that are in the quilting class as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Se ponen a chismear. That's the whole point of coming on Saturdays. <laughs> that is so fun. <laughs> I remember when we came in the tour, right? We came mm-hmm. into your class. Yes. And just the atmosphere was so cool. Yeah. Because you guys were just like, you know, all talking, mm-hmm. enjoying, like sewing. Some of you guys were eating like tacos. Right, and I was like, right. you know, it was like so cool. Yeah. And um, tell us about like what you guys have done in the class regarding like the quilting stories. Um, we did an immigration quilt. We mm-hmm. did. For the first one. For the first yeah. one. That was our first one. Mm-hmm. Um, we did um, Mujeres de Juarez. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, we've done quite a bit here, even where they've been displayed at the Museum for Dia de los Muertos, mm-hmm. and now we even have them displayed in the Aurora uh, University, so in their gallery. <gasps> That's and, fun. Yeah, and then we did one, the uh, Oney one, uh-huh. in which was the Philadelphia. So and that was really what nice. do your families think about like you coming into the museum and like doing the art class? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they think about that? Or you guys don't really talk about it? No, we do. I, my family loves it. They think it's great, and you know, it's a great experience for myself. My son has also come here and he's experienced and oh. he's seen what I've done so yeah everybody's very supportive about it yeah That's it's nice. also like a social gathering mm-hmm. among women too and uh, it helps us yeah it helps us explore ourselves and just talk about what we're going through on our day-to-day basis and mm-hmm. a Saturday is kind of our getaway day and our at venting the same time, day our yeah. venting day but we're also learning you know, oh, uh, Dolores fun. now is our instructor and she kind of guides us through and gives mm-hmm. us direction as what we should make and you know, she would be creative. And assignments, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And how to push ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. forwards and teach classes. We mm-hmm. also 
teach class. Now she's involving us in that, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. We're teaching others. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite like um, project that you guys have done so far regarding like the quotes? If you can choose. Let's see. Can we choose a favorite? I like, uh, well, early on before the quilting, I enjoyed the Katrina one here, which was actually all hand-worked mm-hmm. and uh, we had to dress her up. But with the Ooh. quilts, uh, I don't know. Yeah. They're all so nice, and it's art. So yeah. it's an expression of uh, whatever topic we're mm-hmm. on. So I don't know if I have a favorite one. Yeah, I, I think my first one was the immigration one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that one a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It was just the, you know, the story of how we we came, you know, to Chicago to the U- the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did enjoy that one. And since it, it was my first one, mm-hmm. um, I really didn't put too much overthinking in it. You just put it together. Mm-hmm. I tend to overthink stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> we all do. <laughs> and where can we find some of your artwork? Well, right now, like we said, there are uh, some of our artworks being displayed at the Aurora University. So, yeah. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, displays here mm-hmm. at the museum. And uh, for the main part, there anybody you could just go upstairs and you know yeah, just we would have our, some our yeah, where you could see them. And we're here it's every really Saturday. Cool. Mm-hmm. What I find really cool is just like you know like moms and like you know like women are like getting more involved into like you know the museum and stuff. And that's really cool because like just as it's important for like the the youth to be involved, mm-hmm. it's really important for like the older generations to get involved into these type of things. And I feel like what you guys are doing is so cool. It is. <laughs> Thank it you. Is cool. <laughs> Yes. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's definitely important to always like try to stay creative. Like, it keeps mm-hmm. our minds going. Mm-hmm. And definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, our parents are like that, very creative. So, uh, I mean, it's good that we always do that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys consider yourself artists? Mm-hmm. I do. I, I, I do. <laughs> I consider myself Chris. an artist. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know, know about Mary yet, but she is an artist. We're all <laughs> artists. It's mm-hmm. just. They haven't accepted it yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a process. It's a process, yeah. right? Because yeah. it took school for that. Well, we <laughs> no, but you don't. <laughs> you don't have to be in school I to know, be an artist. I know. I, you know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's hard I mean, for it me just to comes say that, out yeah. of you. Yeah. She yeah. just finds it hard to say. It's hard for me to say. Yeah. That, that she's an artist, but I've known her for years, <laughs> and I've always knew she had it in her. And when I see her work, I'm like so impressed by it. And she's like, Oh my gosh. She, she's like. <laughs> I take it to heart when you, you know, I compliment her. She tells me I when do. I compliment yeah. her. Aww. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, but, yeah. I, I, but I could tell, you know, her growth and her, her sketches and just everything coming together. Oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> oh, you guys are so lovely. <laughs> Gold. But we've known each other for a long a time. A long time. Yeah, we, but we never 30. collaborated with, you know, our yeah. art. Do you guys ever years. do things outside of the museum? No, we're busy moms. <laughs> yeah. so we're yeah. moms. We're busy so. moms. So this is this is our yeah. Well, our you guys are pretty away. cool, yeah. moms. Yeah. We try. Tell our kids that. <laughs> <laughs> we try in the group, <laughs> not at home. <laughs> you guys are cute. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much well, for letting you. us thank interview you, for you guys. Thank you. Thank this you is really nice you. what you guys are doing. It's thank nice to see you. The, the young kids doing something like and this. And how old are you cool. guys? I'm 16. Oh, oh, so that's what we. Thought, yeah. I'm 18. Wow. I'm 
I'm 20. Oh, well, you look like you're 15. I'm actually like the oldest one in here. Yeah. Because I've been in this program since like it started. Okay. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Oh, well, it's really wonderful. nice to see you guys doing this. Nice inspiration for the young kids. Yeah, you're a good example. Thank you. And you guys are great inspiration as well. For every Guys, you guys are di- listening to 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Art. I'm Camila. I'm Emilio. And I'm Nine, and we are What's Up. And we also have some more guests today. So our second hour is basically, you know, like everyone here at home and who's coming in and who's coming mm, out. It's an open house today. It's it's an open house every day, girl. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we have Stacy and Belen. Hello. hello. Can you guys say hello? Hi, I'm Belen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stacy. So how's your day going? How's your visit going? Are you guys visiting or? Yeah, we're visiting. We're from, um, we go to the University of Iowa and oh. yeah, we're doing this for spring break, which oh. is like right next door. Yeah, yeah. so like, fun. Um, I'm from like Washington, like a small town in Iowa and she's from Sioux City. Yeah, on the west coast of Iowa, so it's like a tri-state area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you guys been to Chicago before? Yeah. Yeah, That's fun. We've been to Chicago before, like several times, and like I've been here once before, but this is our first time at this museum. Really? Yeah. What do you, How do you think like about it? it? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really, really cool. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I'm just taking it all in. So much information, I guess. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like it's like really empowering to like visit like places like this because in Iowa there's like not as much spaces like this, mm-hmm. and so like when you know you do get a like you know um, like just like go and like see yourself reflected in like so much pieces of art it's just yeah. really nice and what's you guys' like favorite exhibit so far that you've seen or something that really captured your eye in the museum i really like the um the identity one the the permanent collection yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah same over here like i think it was i like it was my second time visiting that one and so yeah i think i just got like to have like a more time to like just see it yeah. all and like just take it all in so that's so much fun. Are there any like youth radio running in Iowa? I don't think so. No. Maybe there could be. No, <laughs> there could so. be. Yeah, not <laughs> that's really. fun. Yeah. Cool. Have you guys seen the best of Yolo over there? We have not yet. We were like we just seen this half of the museum mm-hmm. right now, and so like we we're just gonna move our way over. Well, again y'all should check so. it out. <laughs> yeah, that's like some of the work that we do because we are Yolo Kali, the youth initiative. So we call it our parents' house here. Because, okay. Yeah, they're like our parents. Yeah. In a sense, yes. <laughs> so where are you guys off to after the museum? What are, what's the plan for the day? Oh yeah, what's the plan? Uh, well, we're just gonna get some food and then maybe Ooh. move on to Chinatown. Ooh. I think so. Some tacos. Nice. Yeah, just being tourists today. Basically, yeah. so. Are you guys getting any merch from the gift shop? Probably, I think so. You yeah. guys check it out. Yeah. I'm excited yeah, to look at it. Do you have any uh, recommendations, Nine, for like taco places by here? Um, I like coyotes, right, stuff. Okay, okay. <laughs> we like coyotes. It's good. Um. 
What else? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know about tacos, tacos like that. But mm-hmm. I like going to a canton. It's not tacos, though. Well, because basically they're from Little Village. Yeah. So, so it's they, like neighbors to this um, neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. So, but I'm from Pilsen, so like, I kind of live around here. Mm-hmm. So there's cold places to visit. Are there yeah. any like pupusa places with like Salvadorian food or anything? No, that's in Little Village. Just Little Village? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can move over there. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But yeah, um, anything that stood out to you so far, like crazy, like, whoa, this is really, this is really cool about like the museum or the surroundings of the museum? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I can't really like, you know, just like point out one thing, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. It's just like having like the chance to like go down and like, you know, just see like yeah. the way that it's all set up and stuff, I guess. It's like, it's just been like really nice and it, it like just flows really well. And so... Yeah, I feel like I'm just processing everything still. It's like a spiritual awakening a little bit. Yeah, that's lovely. So, will you guys be coming back again? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really want to like come back and like see all like whatever new exhibits come about and stuff. But so like when you know, it's like really nice to come back and see new things. Yeah, I want to bring my parents because they're just chilling in Iowa. I guess. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like we don't have as much exposure to these types of things, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, wow, my mom would definitely like this a lot. That's lovely. We were just talking about how our parents are very important, right, Dad? I see you. Hi. <laughs> My dad's probably listening. Hola, papi. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Stacy and Belen, for yes. being here with us and talking to us. Um, it was nice meeting you, and I hope that you guys enjoy your experience here at the museum and in Chicago in general. Definitely. Have a lot of fun, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So. Sadly, our show is coming to an end. Yes, but we had a, a really nice time here yes. at home. Um, and yeah, definitely we had a good time. We, we talked about, you know, the Laura Aguilar, Aguilar show. We talked about Best of YOLO, open access and behind the scenes. Which was super cool. Yes, and we got like super behind the scenes with like um, yes. Dolores Mercado and the Cool Teen Team. So basically we're the cool kids right now because we've seen right. almost everything. And the guard too. And the gift shop and then our lovely guests visiting the museum so it has been quite a journey today before we end our journey though we have a nice little special guest and we have Mm -hmm. two questions for you and this is um emily hi emily wait wait for her to get the mic now (laughs) hi emily Uh, i know how to draw 100 Oh, Oh. that's so awesome. What color did you draw it with? I draw red with it. Nice, red. That's a good color. Mm -hmm. Do you like being here in the museum? Mm -hmm. Why? Because my grandpa and Abuelito are here to take care of me. And how old are you? Oh, that's so cute. Can you tell me how old you are? Four. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being here with us. Um, (laughs) I got this. What is that? What is that? Um, A spinning thing. You do like this. 
<laughs> That's lovely. Okay, okay can we say you, bye-bye? Emily, bye. 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 And we're closing up the show now. But thank you all for listening and for participating here with us. A big shout out to Jimena and Sarita for Woo! giving us amazing tours. Thank yes, you guys and, so and thank you, much. Museum, for having us here and with the best of you yes, as well. Yes, shout out to the museum. And shout out to our producer, El Amisita, with yes. um, Mickey and Jerry. Thank and you so much. Them. Now we're going to go eat pizza because we have not eaten all day. Mm. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, so don't forget that you're listening to WLPNLP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the National Museum of Mexican Art in Pilsen. And I'm Nine. I'm Camila. And I'm Emilio. And we're What's Up. Hello. It's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali. On social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at YolokaliArtsReach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.